Welcome back to the Desert Springs Church podcast. It exists to supplement the ministry and growth of the body at Desert Springs Church. My name is Drew. I'm here with Chase. And today we're going to talk about prayer. Prayer. It's one of the most uh, basic of Christian spiritual disciplines. Mm -hmm. Um, We think we all know uh, what we need to know about it. We think we understand it. Um, It just seems like it's one of those things that's so common Mm -hmm. that we take it for granted. Mm -hmm. Um, But prayer has been on the forefront of all of our minds, the leaders of Desert Springs, uh, as a a big emphasis for this year. We've talked about corporate prayer. We've talked about the members directory, the prayer directory Mm -hmm. that we released this last week. Um, which was wonderful to spend some time in prayer uh, through this week uh, with with our people at the members meeting, but also in our homes, mm-hmm. uh, praying yeah, I've been for using one another it since then, and it's it's been yeah. sweet. And then as it would turn out, we were talking about um, trying to even find a specific week of the year to emphasize prayer coming right. up. And then we were looking at and God's providence the the sermon schedule that we have for the book of Nehemiah. And this last Sunday, we looked at Nehemiah nine, which is the longest. Right. Prayer in the Bible. So yeah. we're coming out of that meditation on prayer, and we thought, let's let's just keep talking about prayer. That's right. So today we're going to discuss uh, more of a 30,000-foot view of mm. biblical theology of prayer. So what does is, what is the whole Bible uh, have to say about prayer? We won't, we won't talk about all of that. Uh, we'll try to keep it's, it's this a lot. 30, 45 <laughs> minutes maybe, because yeah. uh, the Bible does have a lot to say about prayer. Mm. So uh, we'll start right off like we often do with these theological categories with a definition. Mm. So Chase, get us going with uh, what is prayer? Yeah. You know, I, I've just cheated on this one and looked at Wayne Grudem. I remember his section and his systematic theology on prayer. I found really helpful when I read it for the first time, I don't know, 10 years ago. Um, but, I, but I looked it up and this, this is his definition. Uh, he says, in short, prayer is personal communication with God. Mm. And then he kind of expands on that. He says, prayer includes prayers of request for ourselves or for others, which is some kind, sometimes called prayers of petition or intercession. It's also confession of sin, adoration, praise, and thanksgiving. So those are all the different kinds of prayers um, in, in kind of a big sense of what we see in the Bible. And he also adds, which I liked this, it's also God communicating to us indications of his response. So in oh, that sense, good. that prayer is a conversation or a communication with God that it is kind of two ways. And we would say that God communicates primarily to us through his word, mm-hmm. and everything that we think God is saying to us is governed by what he's revealed in his word. But there is a sense of that communion with God through the Holy Spirit that um, that is an aspect of prayer. That's good. And so there's, yeah, multiple layers to it. There's different categories, you could say, of prayer with uh, uh, confession, adoration, praise, and thanksgiving. Uh, we had those elements in the service on Sunday, a mm-hmm. prayer of confession, a prayer yep. of praise, a prayer of petition for the members of the body, uh, and then a sermon on on prayer. Um, and uh, even as you were reading it, uh, I remember uh, talking with Ryan this week uh, leading up to the sermon about just the... Uh, the void of material about praying prayers of confessions. Mm. Um, that's just not popular, and it's not what we like to study and consider when yeah. we're thinking about prayer. At least not in our circles, right? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I think it might be more of an American thing. Uh, I'm not sure. But, but yeah, confessing sin is a, is a huge part of, of uh, the purpose of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another helpful way to, uh, to define something is by saying what it isn't. Mm, and so yeah. some some misconceptions about prayer, or maybe just some 
some oversimplifications or misapplications of yeah. of prayer can be things like God is is a genie. Prayer mm-hmm. is a magic lamp where we just yep. ask for things and yep. God gives it. Yep. Or the prosperity gospel view of prayer that if we just have enough faith, then God will. He right. has to. Yeah. Right. He yeah. has to do what we say. Yeah. That. Yeah. Especially in kind of the what's what's called the Word of Faith movement that prayer is is sort of like a way of putting out into the spiritual realm these things that you want for yourself and if you pray the right way with the right amount of faith then it just kind of happens yeah. you know or i think sometimes we can uh approach prayer with with almost a mentality like if i don't pray this god won't know that i'm having this problem mm-hmm. or god doesn't know that i yeah. have this need which actually jesus says the exact opposite yeah. when he teaches his disciples about right. prayer in Matthew 6. He goes, your father already knows what you need yeah. before you ask. So it's not just this, like you said, like a genie in a lamp kind of model right. of um, going to the big guy and asking for the things that he didn't even know we needed about. And it's also not uh, overly casual in the sense mm. that like you and I are talking right now, yeah. um, the, some people say, well, it's just a, a conversation like you would have with any, yeah. any Yeah, or any they start their prayer time. with, hey, Dad, yeah. which is one of my pet peeves. That... A little bit, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but it's also not, oh, so we got to find a balance because it's not overly right. formal in the sense right. that we have to be yeah. in the church building wearing certain clothes at a certain time right. of the day. Right, you have to use, you know, vows and arts and right. stuff. Right, praying you know. King James. Yeah, yeah, so I think that's a good. that's a good distinction that, we are coming before the God of the universe yes. when we're praying. So it is, there is some reverence mm-hmm. that comes right. along with prayer. And that's why mm-hmm. I think we also include prayers of adoration and praise. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, you know, I love you, but I'm not yeah. speaking words of adoration over that's you right. very, very often. Um, but at not the same enough, time, anyways. yeah, that's right. I'm, I'll work on that. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, there's this, there's intimacy. There's intimacy, right? Yeah. There's a relationship. That, He's our father. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We're told to pray. Yeah. Our father. Uh, so it's, it's, yeah, it's good to yeah make those distinctions and just think carefully, but think biblically. And we'll have a lot of Bible mm. uh, that we'll talk about. And just and one physical illustration that I've heard that I think is really really helpful is is if the if reading the Bible is food for us, mm. then praying is breathing. Mm. It, so it's like spiritual breath. Yeah. Um. So it's it's uh, it's necessary. Yeah. It's just not always as natural mm. to us as breathing is, mm-hmm. and so we have to work work at that. So we'll uh, we'll keep going here and uh, and and consider um, why do we pray? Uh, that's something that I was struck at uh, this week is thinking um, the Bible doesn't speak as much specifically or explicitly about uh, why does God want us mm-hmm. to pray. Mm-hmm. So we have to do a little digging there to, to, to find out what the Bible has to say about why we pray. But it's obvious that God does want us to pray. Absolutely. Because that just runs through the whole scriptures. It's just it? given. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, you will, it's you will pray. We're commanded to pray. When we see examples of the people of God coming together, or when we see examples of just saints by themselves, prayer is, and, and Jesus is the best example of that, yep. that Jesus um, would go off by himself for long periods of a time to just yep. pray intensely. So, That's right. yeah, and, and like we said, you know, prayer isn't, um, prayer isn't a way of, like, endearing God to do certain things for us, or, you know, coercing obligating God, God, obligating God to yeah. do something to us, Um and yet, you know, and, and and we'll get into this a bit more in a minute, that it's also not that God doesn't respond to our prayers and hear our prayers in, in some sense. Uh, but really, I think fundamentally, prayer 
is the way that, that God has commanded us to pray because it is the way that his creatures express and actually walk in faith and dependence on the God that made us, yeah. right? Like to come to God in prayer is an admission that I am not sovereign. I cannot do what I think I need. You know, I cannot make this happen for myself, but God is sovereign and God is able and he's the only one and I'm dependent on him for everything and I trust him for everything. You know, yeah. I think you could kind of, the, the, the whole of the Lord's Prayer kind of boils down to this idea of submitting to and depending on God for everything. For everything. Yeah. yeah. And, and prayer is a way of, one, just aligning our hearts with that and meditating on that, of putting ourselves back in that place of, I'm way less sovereign than sometimes I think that I am. And it also, I, I think, reminds us of the relationship that we have with this Father who provides for us, yeah. you know, that loves us, like that we can ask him for things. And he, just out of his love for us, yeah. does things, yeah. cares for us. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. I marvel at that. Yeah, just the the, the privilege of prayer. Um, and like you said, we have needs. Mm -hmm. uh, so why do we pray? We pray because we, we need to. We yeah. have needs and we need to go to our Father with those needs because uh, because he cares mm -hmm. uh, and because he wants us to come to him. Uh, he wants uh, to hear our request. And, and uh, yeah, like you said, it just furthers our dependence. It deepens our dependence uh, on our good father. Um, I've been reading a book from uh, John. You helped me with his last name. Anuchekwa. Anuchekwa, yeah. A lot of people just call him John O. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a book uh, in the Nine Marks Healthy Church series mm -hmm. called Prayer. Uh, very simple book, very readable book. Um, and... Uh, and I, I really like how he he makes it uh, about corporate prayer as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the the, it's not just the church, discipline, that's discipline. right. It's not just for prayer closets, mm -hmm. but for prayer gatherings. Mm -hmm. um, but he he references a uh, a definition uh, that he said uh, prayer is calling on God to come through on His promise. Mm, so we th we think about why we pray. Um, it's it's because we need to remember who God is and what he has said he will do. Mm, yeah. uh, remember his promises. So it's a way of us rehearsing those promises. Which is kind of what we looked at in Nehemiah 9, that this this prayer that they pray in the present is based on the history of God's faithfulness and keeping his covenant promises in the past. And yeah, so that kind of goes back to communication in the sense of a relationship, that we are in a relationship with God. And on the merits of that relationship, we are, we are just asking our Father and our Creator God yeah. To be what he is. To do what he does. To do what he does. Yeah. And to uh, keep on keeping the promises that he's been keeping. Keep on keeping those promises, that's God. A, we got a song lyric that's in a there. Great, that's a great prayer. Keep on keeping <laughs> your promise. Yeah, I thought of name and nature. So mm -hmm. God's name means something. In mm -hmm. Exodus 3, mm -hmm. he says he's gracious mm -hmm. and merciful, mm -hmm. bounding steadfast love, and all this stuff. Yeah. That's, all, that's what his name that's means. That's his character. That's who it, he is. But yeah. it is bound up in his character. Yeah. His name and his character, they go together. Right. Uh, so when we say our Father... That is loaded with promises mm -hmm. that he is a good father and mm -hmm. that he will do what what, what we need. He yeah. will give us what we need. Yeah. I think of it with my kids. My kids, when they say dad, or if they're in trouble and they cry out, dad, help, yeah. mm -hmm. then that, that isn't just them identifying our familial yeah, that's uh, not a, structure. That's not a genetic statement. Yeah, it's it, not yeah. a genetic statement. It's right. saying, dad... It's a statement about my character, and they expect me to help. Yeah. They, expect, they rely and, on me. And your relationship. That's right. Yeah, because you're my dad. And Jesus uses that logic in Matthew 6, where he said, you know, earthly fathers who are evil still respond to their That's children right. 
by answering their petitions. Like if your son asks you for food, you'll give them food. And then it just takes it to the logical extreme, how much more your heavenly father was perfect. Yeah. His name means that he will do what he said. Um, Yeah. Another thing, you mentioned faith, uh, which I totally agree. I think think, uh, why we pray uh, is... um, it's really an expression of hope, mm. um, a hope in God, mm-hmm. a hope in His That's promises, good. a hope in His yeah. Word. So, uh, and not the kind of hope that, like, I hope it doesn't rain. No, yeah, like uh, a, a certainty, a certain the, hope. The hope is being certain of That's what you right. can't see, but no, I'm certain based on God's name and His nature. Right. that I can't ask and he will. Yeah. And that's an expression of faith. And yes. and I think that's really important because some people again in certain you know strands of quasi Christianity will make it about the it's almost about faith in faith, right? It's like mm. the the yeah. the how much faith you muster up or the feeling or the intensity of your faith. And that's not it. It's about what you have faith in, who you have faith in. That's right. And praying just redirects your heart onto the one in whom we can trust. Yeah. And it's hope in eternal things, not necessarily right. just in temporal protection, security, yeah. and provision, but but a hope in uh, looking all the way back from Genesis 3, mm-hmm. that he will provide a son, a yeah. seed to crush the serpent, and he did in Christ, yep. and then we look forward to yep. that, uh, that hope and glory. Yeah. yeah, that we do in him have everything that we need. That's great. So let's talk about how does prayer work? Mm. Yeah, well, to go back to what we were saying, it really, you need to have that understanding of a relationship to understand how prayer works. Um, we can't we can't go to God apart from having a relationship with him. And and what I mean by that is that like you, you can see lots of places in like Isaiah, for example, Isaiah 59 verse 2 says that our iniquities have made a separation between us and God. And it says, your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear you. Yeah. Or John 9, uh, the the blind man that Jesus heals, says a, a true statement that God does not listen to sinners. So there's this, when we are out of relationship with God, the Bible says God does not hear our prayers. So that doesn't mean that God like is not He's plugging his ears. Yeah, like yeah. he hears everything. He knows everything. Yeah. And and I think even in his grace, sometimes he will hear the prayers of unbelievers and and respond in kind of a common grace sense. But but he's not obligated to listen to the prayers of those whom he's outside of a relationship with because of their sin. So this is kind of the gospel is the root of our prayer that until we are in a reconciled relationship with God, we can't really pray to God with confidence. And then that's the hope of the gospel that we see in the book of Hebrews, where it talks about Jesus being our high priest and in that priestly role of one that makes uh, intercession and mediation Mm. between sinners and God. And so we get these wonderful truths, like in Hebrews 4, uh, we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God. So let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's great. Our confidence is in Christ yeah. and his standing before the Father and not not in our own. No, yeah. 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 We, so go, we go through him. He's gone before us. He makes the way. He gives us access. So, so now, if you're a believer, you don't have any doubt that God mm. hears your prayers. This says confidently yeah. go before God, not on your own merits, but on the merits of Christ and that what he's won for you. And and God's like, I'm listening to everything that you say. I am your father. I've adopted you now. So all of those things that we were saying about God being our father, that's really only true of believers. 
Yeah, it makes me think of the Tim Keller illustration about only the, the child of a king could go into his bed in the middle of the night and wake him up for a glass of water. Mm, yeah. uh, right? It's a right. beautiful picture of who, who, who would do that to right. a king, right? Only a child of the king. Yeah. So as children of God yeah. and uh, brothers yeah. and sisters in Christ, we have that, that benefit, that access. Right, and all of that's on the merits of what Jesus has done as the Son of God and, and then bringing us into that family. And so that's a good place to start even when you're praying is to just acknowledge, I don't have any right to be here yeah. on my own. You know, I don't deserve to pray to yeah. God because of my sin. Yeah. And yet Christ has made a direct line of connection to me and yeah. my creator. Yeah, but don't stay there in your unworthiness, right? And yeah. Because that'll just drive you to despair and doubt right. and then you, and prawlessness. Yeah. We won't yeah. even pray at those moments, but but remember right. Christ's sacrifice, his and then, sufficiency. And then that leads right into yeah. adoration and praise. Like, yeah. hallelujah, I get, I get to be in this relationship and I yeah. get to stand here with confidence and, yeah. and talk to God. Yeah, I think I think some Christians might struggle with prayerlessness because of a, a feeling of unworthiness yeah. or a feeling of does God hear? Yeah, does God answer? We'll talk right. about unanswered prayers, or quote unquote unanswered mm-hmm. prayers yeah. in in a little bit. But yeah. another another thing along these lines I thought of was uh, in in uh, for Christians who feel like they just don't know what to pray mm. or how to pray, mm-hmm. and we've talked about that a little bit in, in other episodes. But Romans eight uh, twenty six it says likewise the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray uh, pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Mm-hmm. J.I. Packer said it best when he said, God fixes our prayers on the way up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so whatever whatever you're trying to say, God knows what yeah. you're trying to say better than yep. you do. Yep. yep. So even if you're babbling, if you're repeating yourself, yeah. or if you say the same thing over and over again, uh, the our father knows, yeah, and, that, and, and he answers us that's according right. and, you know, to and what I, he knows. I think that was a good point that you made too. That sometimes people, you know, when you're a Christian, we're still going to sin, and sometimes sin in a big way, and and maybe we feel like God needs a cooling off period, you know, no, right. after He's I sin. Walk it yeah. Off. Yeah. yeah, and you know, it's like okay, I'll, maybe I'll come back to His throne of grace in like a week or something when I've been really good again. Yeah. You know, that's not it at all. Like no. Christ's work is once for all. He's He's always the high priest sitting right there. Yeah. And uh, and so we can always, even right after we sin, just go mm-hmm. straight to God That's in right. prayer. Yeah. He advocates. Uh, yeah. He advocates for us. That's right. Christ does in those moments of our sin. Yeah. He comes near and brings us right and, along yeah. and pleads His blood mm-hmm. uh, before the Father. Yeah. So yeah. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's so good. So then I think there's a bigger question of okay, so we've got this access to the throne of God. What's really happening when when we pray to God and when we ask uh, ask God for things? Um, I think, especially in in our theological tradition, sometimes we can struggle with this because we've got these right meaning the reformed the yeah the reformed doctrines uh, of grace yes yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, God that, is sovereign over yeah that God sovereign everything. God God has established His will before the foundation of the world there's and and God doesn't change mm-hmm. um, He doesn't change His mind He doesn't change His purposes yeah. and that's all right and yeah. and we love that truth and we need that truth. And we base everything on that truth, and then we read the Bible about prayer, and it's like, but wait a minute, because it really seems like God is changing His mind. It really seems like God is responding to these intercessions, and and yeah, we have a hard time kind of reconciling those things yeah. together. Well, it, it it begs the question of why do we pray? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you could what just is go pray doing? What is prayer doing? Yeah, if and, God has decided everything. And I think some people will, uh, and I agree. I agree with this sentiment where we say, you know, prayer 
doesn't change God, it changes me, you know, that it it is about aligning our hearts, which is something that we've already talked about, yeah. but I think that's kind of an oversimplification. It's a little cliche-y. It is, yeah. yeah. And when you consider the biblical data, it's like, well, that doesn't... So, like, you, you take James 4, and James says explicitly, you don't have because, because. you don't ask, yeah. you know? So that would assume that had you asked, you would have had, had you yeah. know? Um, Luke 11, 9 and 10, Jesus says, I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Mm. Seek and you will find. Knock, it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Yeah. Or you could think of uh, another great example is Exodus 32, after the golden calf, right? They, The people of Israel have been one day into their new covenant with God and they've <laughs> broken it and uh, and God wants to blow them up. And Moses is a, a type of that great high priest, yeah. you know. He mediates for the people. Yeah. yeah, and he prays, asks God, he talks to God um, to relent. relent, and then God does. So it God says, says, I yeah. was going to destroy them, and then he changed his mind, is what the text says, or implies. So, That's right. Yeah, so what what do we do with that? Yeah, so I think you used an illustration of, of like maybe walking a tightrope or holding on to holding the tension of two two ropes pulling mm-hmm. and seeming mm-hmm. the opposite directions. Mm-hmm. You've got to hold on to both That's right. or you're going to fall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is this is part of, of, of holding on to the tension we find in Scripture because of our limitations uh, in, in our yeah, human finite minds. Yeah, so I think that's part of it is, is sometimes when we come to language in the Bible where it says something like God changes his mind or God repents, you know, mm-hmm. that... Um, one, you take that into consideration with everything else that the Bible says sure. about God being unable to change, yeah. you know. Um, and and then I think, too, it's right to for us to read that as God exists in a totally different type of existence than we have. Yeah. He's not bound by time the way that we are. He is um, every moment is every moment to him, you know. So uh, things that seem sequential or causal to us mm-hmm. don't to God. And so I think the biblical authors use what we would call anthropomorphism. So yeah. applying kind of human language to try and capture these things that God is doing. Yeah. But we're not saying that in any way God is like a man that he would change his mind. So in our experience, this is this is how it works. But I think in a bigger way, um, this is kind of just how we reconcile these these glorious tensions, I think is what I've called it before, these glorious tensions in the Bible of human responsibility and God's sovereignty, you know? So uh, it's kind of like evangelism. God has elected who is going to be saved before the foundation of the world. And yet he's given us the responsibility of going out and preaching the gospel and given man the responsibility to respond to the gospel. And then when we go out and preach and someone responds and that feels so much like human responsibility, we turn around and God says, yeah, that was my plan all along. I think prayer works like that, you yeah. know, that God has already decreed everything that's going to happen. That plan's not changing, and he's decreed to use our prayers yeah. and our respond- and his response to our prayers as the means by which he brings about the decrees that he determined before the foundation <laughs> of the world. <laughs> you know, you so nailed it. It's... It sounded like a catechism. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is, he's ordained the, the means and the ends. Yeah. 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 Which I think also means, you know, as I was thinking about this, that God has also ordained our sinful prayerlessness. Mm. And the things that don't happen that, you know, there's there's kind of a weird um, divine subjunctive, you know, the, the things that would have happened that don't happen because of our actions. And mm. God has also decreed that, yeah. you know, and and we're still 
culpable for our sinless yeah. or our, for our prayerlessness, yeah. you know? And um, so I mean, it's just a huge mystery, yeah. you know? Yeah, as Christians, I don't think we have as much, uh, big a problem with that idea when it comes to uh, indwelling sin post-conversion. Uh, um, I don't hear many Christians blaming their sin on God mm, while right. they're also say that God is sovereign and mm-hmm. they would accept that truth, yep. would accept responsibility for their sin. Yeah. It's in other things like prayer and evangelism and particularly in salvation mm-hmm. in that moment of conversion that we, we have trouble holding that tension, right. that glorious tension of God is completely sovereign here and we are completely responsible right. for our response. Yeah. yeah, and the you know the simplest way to kind of go about these conundrums is you know, to kind of say, what has God told me? And what has God said, this is hidden from you, you know? So what are, what are the things that God says, I, I'm i telling you to pray. And you say, well, I don't know how that works. And he goes, well, I haven't told you how it works. I'm yeah. telling you how to, I'm telling you that you need to pray. Yeah. And it kind of, we just with humility say, I'm never going to get it. And yeah. I'm just going to do what he told me to do, which is to be devoted to prayer. Yeah, we, we hear the, prayer, uh, the, the phrase, prayer changes things. Um, which which I would affirm and say mm-hmm. is right, uh, according to all the stuff we've been talking about. And the psalmist certainly knew this. Yeah. So many times in the psalms you hear, I was in my distress, this bad stuff's happening, I cried to the Lord, mm-hmm. I, he heard my cry, right. and he answered me and yeah. delivered me. Mm-hmm. So they, they saw... Yeah, a, a, a pattern there. Yeah, and, and had they not cried out to the Lord, yes, they would have perished. That's right. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. He even used that language in, yeah. in but different psalms. That was God's plan all along. That's right. For them to pray and for yeah. Him to be a Father that hears and responds to our prayers based on His covenant relationships with us. And right. I don't get how that works, but I'm so glad it does. Yes. Amen. We can. <laughs> we can. We can hold hold that tension. Um, so, what else uh, does the Bible have to say uh, about um, how? We should pray. Mm-hmm. So we want to. We want to. Yeah, you know, we've considered. Um, yeah, you know, what is prayer? Why we pray? Um, some of the some of the challenges with what it, what is happening in prayer. Um, the tension of God's sovereignty in prayer and our responsibility to pray. Um, so give us uh, some other other things to think about and what the Bible says about how we pray. Well, you know, I think uh, I think John Anichekwa talks about this in his book, right? That uh, the the only place that we see the disciples asking Jesus to teach them to teach them something is to teach prayer. them to pray. Yeah, yeah in Matthew six. So, yeah. if you're uh, really wanting to just consider prayer, I think Matthew six is is probably the best place to go, which is the Lord's prayer, yep. which is where you get it right from Jesus. Yeah, and and the Lord's prayer, um, I heard someone say once, is is almost like the alphabet of prayer. You know, so you don't. You, you don't just recite the alphabet over and over and over and think that you're really communicating the, something. But the Lord's Prayer is kind of like the essential parts that we can build all of our prayers out of. So it starts with acknowledging God. Really, you can kind of apply that ACTS, Adoration, Confession, yeah. Thanksgiving, Supplication yeah. model to the Lord's Prayer. But yeah. um, just to consider what is what is Jesus uh, leading us to to express in the Lord's Prayer would be... A wonderful place to start, and then he yeah. kind of unpacks it with some teaching after that. Um, but I think one of the biggest things that comes out of the Lord's Prayer is that that we pray according to God's will, right? Your will, Your be, will done. be done. So when we come to prayer, it's with this kind of sense of humility, again, that dependence on God, that faith in mm-hmm. God that he knows better, and kind of a patience in that, that um, God, I'm, I'm asking for these things, or um, I'm, I'm concerned about these things, but I'm, again, expressing my trust and my faith in you. Your will be done here. That's right. And Christ models it in the 
in his prayer in the garden. Yeah. And uh, and you you can even see some overlap in in uh, Jesus's longer prayer in John seventeen, mm-hmm. his high priestly prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and crack open this idea of praying without ceasing. Mm. I remember as a kid hearing that and just being like, "What now? Yeah, <laughs> like how am I going to get anything done? Yeah, I'm like yep, I got you know I got stuff to do. I'm busy. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, how, yeah, right. What? How do you get pray anything without else ceasing? Done? Pray without ceasing. Yeah, um, yeah. I think. You know, and we we covered that even in First Thessalonians, somewhere where Paul commands that uh, that we should be praying without ceasing. And um, I think in one way that just means always be walking in that recognition of the relationship that you have with God and that dependence that you have with God. So being um, being mindful of God's presence and that relationship that you have to Him mm. in Jesus all the time, you know, and, and just kind of, it's almost just like an identity of yourself that this is who I am. And then I do think, uh, it's pray, let things lead you to prayer often. A lot. Yeah. Like just something's happening, hand this over to the Lord, even in just like a little quick one sentence prayer, you know, or, uh, or again, even just like a mindset of the Lord is sovereign over this and I want God's will to be done in this and, and just walking in that, posture of dependence on god that's right so pray like hobbits eat yes like breakfast second yep. breakfast eleven yeah all the time yeah all the time that's right and uh, as you were talking about it chase i was thinking in terms of a diet um you might could say diet without ceasing mm. and that mm. doesn't mean you're constantly eating a certain way that's good but you were just constantly in that diet. Right. You yeah. don't like cease it, that this, diet. This is just, this is my lifestyle. This is this what is, I do. Right. And we, we pray. Right. And we don't cease praying. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's another part of the, you know, this praying without ceasing that Jesus gives us a, a few examples and parables of people that pray persistently, you know? And so I think that's another thing is that when God, God, you know, God already knows what we need before we ask. And at the same time, he encourages us to pray for the same things over and over again. And, mm-hmm. I, and again, this is as much for our heart as it is for whatever God's plans and purposes are. But, you know, I love the example of the persistent widow that yeah. goes to the evil king and he and she just wears him down by asking all the time. And then it. Jesus says, go to God the same way. Like, that's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's so profound if you kind of stop and think about that. Like, the, because the evil king gives in to what she's asking just because she asked over and over again. Yeah. And God's like, I want you to come to me like that, and I'm not an evil king. Yeah. You know, so uh, asking for the same thing, praying for the same people over and over and over again is, I think, another aspect of praying without ceasing. That's good. And uh, we've got this um, category for um, know that uh, disobedience, even in a Christian's life, there are times where our prayers can be interrupted. Yeah, or hindered. Or effectiveness yes. can yeah. be hindered. Yeah, yeah. Peter yeah. uses the word hindered. Um, yeah, that uh, the the psalmist, uh, I think in Psalm sixty six, it says that you know if I if I harbored iniquity, um, then God wouldn't hear me yeah. anymore. That it would be you know that 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 would that separation wouldn't happen in a relational sense. You know that once we're saved, we're always saved. We always have access to that throne of grace. But sin hinders our prayers. And so Peter says that, that husbands, if you are harsh with your wives, you don't live yeah. with your hi- wives in an understanding way, that it hinders your prayers. Yeah. So we do need to, that, um, I think it almost might be like in the first Corinthians seven sense that like we can't join the Holy Spirit 
two sinful things, you know, that those things don't exist together. And so much of our prayer, like you said, is from the Holy Spirit. So if we're doing things that grieve the Holy Spirit and then expect the Spirit to be interceding for us the same way that he was, you know, there's there's just an incompatibility there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, again, the Bible is is not clear about the mechanics of that, but it is clear that it's true. That yeah. if, if you're walking in unrepentant sin, you're keeping mm-hmm. sin hidden, your prayers are just not going to be yeah. effective. And yeah. so that's just one more reason to pray prayers of confession and That's repent right. of your sin. Yeah. Well, I think uh, if you're walking in unrepentant sin, then you have reason to doubt your salvation mm. and doubt that you ever had access to God in the first place. Yeah. Um, so if, yeah, that, yeah, you exactly may be, what you said. You may be hindered from the thought of prayer because of your sin. You just yeah. may not want to, it's kind of like when you know you screwed up and you hurt somebody's feelings and then you just kind of avoid them, you know, instead yeah. of seeking out that reconciliation. Um, yeah, that that I think sin in our hearts takes us away from the Lord. It doesn't, it yeah. doesn't take God away from us, but it just in our, it, it makes us want to go hide in the dark again. Yeah. yeah, a couple other categories in this in this section before we move on. Uh, one is that we, uh, we certainly see uh, prayer is a is a private uh, exercise. Mm-hmm. Daniel was a good model of this mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. got in trouble for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then corporate prayer, we yeah. see churches praying together. Yeah. Uh, Old Testament, New Testament, mm-hmm. God's people gather uh, and they pray. And I really, as we've said, we really want to grow in this uh, as a church. And uh, so it we need to focus on both of those areas mm-hmm. in order to grow. They mm-hmm. they they feed one another. It's a circle. It's not a not a line. It's yeah, yeah more corporate praying. Yep. More yep. private praying leads to more corporate yeah. praying. Yeah. And and we've we talk about that when we are planning the services and we're talking about what the pastoral prayer slot especially would be when we have one of our elders or staff get up and lead the church in prayer that um that not only is that for Sunday morning, but that's kind of instructive for the individuals as they go out. So we we see that as leaders and teachers as our prayers being kind of examples of pray like this, yeah. you know? And so we hope that as that ha- is happening together, it is leading to that private prayer. And then, you know, another thing that I'm really excited about as a church is we're just trying to lead our community groups to pray through those pastoral prayer right. requests again, you know? And so um, that's a, that's another good, it's kind of in between the whole church gathered and the individual. It's in this kind of small group category that mm-hmm. I think is another sweet place for prayer to be happening. That's right. And prayer is one of the I mean, just primary uh, initiatives of the church and of the believer. So anytime there are the, that overlap, we're called to we're called to sing, we're called to mm-hmm. uh, to proclaim God's word, and we're called to prayer. Um, that we should be growing in both uh, in those things, both corporately and privately. Mm-hmm. Um, to get back to the idea of hope, um, as I'm reading Jono's book, uh, hope is a is a big uh, category, and it just made me think that we should pray with an eschatological hope. Hmm. Um, as uh, as Paul prayed in Colossians one, uh, their hope is laid up, the hope laid up for you in heaven. Uh, I just think that's a beautiful phrase uh, that he prays that the Colossians yeah. would remember. Yeah, um, I think I think that's something that's missing in my prayer hmm. life. Is is a is a is a view of of heaven mm-hmm. and of our hope and yeah. in in heaven and laid up in heaven mainly in Jesus. Yeah, um, yeah, it's so good because like you know the things that you're the things that you really desire often in life that you're praying these these prayers that God would 
would give to you. Um, sometimes, sometimes those prayers can be, can be idolatrous, frankly, you know, like we can be praying for things that we want so bad and not realize that our hope is kind of set on getting that thing. Mm. And, uh, when we can, when we can have this understanding that like, it would be, it would be great if I had this desire, but even if I don't get that, I get that desire met in heaven, you know, that, that Lord, you know, I I remember this and I might've shared this before, but, uh, there was a, a season where Kristen and I really wanted to own our own house and the Lord just kept on preventing that from happening. And I would pray for it often. I wanted it often. And, uh, and then I just had this really strong sense as I was studying the word that Jesus says, hey, I'm preparing a room for you. Mm. Like, you're going to have a house. If it's not in the next few years on your timeline, you still get that desire met yeah, in, a, cool. in a better sense. And so, yeah, we can let those those prayers for things in this life always drive us to, this is just a shadow of the thing that I'm yeah. really wanting. And I think we see that in uh, uh, modeled in the prayers in the Bible, particularly in Paul's prayers for, for the churches mm-hmm. in Ephesians 1, uh, Ephesians 3, also in Philippians 1, Colossians 1. In those prayers for those churches, there's there's an element of hope and glory, mm. uh, the day of Christ, yeah. those those kinds of things. That's what he's trying to set their hope on, yeah. not their right. circumstances, right. not what they have or don't have, but right. but on 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 what we have in Christ. Yeah. And I was thinking of the, this illustration. If you have kids and you've ever gone on a road trip, um, at some point in the road trip, the kids are going to say, "Are we there yet?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Every parent is just waiting for it, and they're mm-hmm. already cringing. Um, it, it, how many times? And I, I have a, I chose early on to respond to that with almost mm. every single time. Mm. We could be driving to Florida, which is about <laughs> two thousand miles away, right. and we're we're seriously like just getting around the mountain. Mm-hmm. And kids are like, "Are we there yet?" And I'm like, "Almost." <laughs> and then we're like twenty eight hours yeah, away. Yeah. Um. So that's I'll, our earthly pilgrimage. I always say yeah. almost. So it, in a sense, and this this could be an oversimplification simplification as well, but a lot of our prayers uh, to the Lord are, are we there yet? Mm-hmm. Is That's is good. the promise here? Yeah. Is, has right. it come? And in, in as we say around here, now and not yet, mm-hmm. yet the answer is yes, mm-hmm. and yes, it's yeah. coming. I like that. It's coming. Right. So are, are we there yet? Yeah. So a lot of it is just longing for that, that final hope, yeah. for everything to be, all of our prayers to be fully answered mm-hmm. in the ultimate and final and eternal sense. Yeah. And I think that hope is how we deal with unanswered prayers. Yeah. What feels like unanswered prayers. And we prayers. sing about that hope right. every Sunday. Yeah. I love all of our classic hymns that we sing around here have an element of hope in heaven. Yep. Right. And we and we think about the day the clouds yeah. roll back. Right, right. Because yeah. that's what we're in it for. Yeah. You know, we're not in it for uh I get you know, I get the so stock frustrated market. with Part of part of my research is just trying to stay abreast of what people in other traditions or other pastors are kind of saying in these different branches of Christianity, and and I get so frustrated with uh, certain preachers that just seem to make it all about this life, you know, and even their approach to prayer and like mustering up this faith that you can actualize from the universe, the thing that you believe so firmly it's just this it's so this worldly it's like yeah. if you believe that you're going to have a great job you're going to have a great job if you, you and if know, you pray believe, enough if you pray enough in faith that you're going to you know be healed yeah. of this and it's like you know it's all about 
the hope of the resurrection yeah. that Christ has won for us, that yeah. it's all about the end. And yeah, the more that we can pray with that vision in mind, then when you do, you're praying for something earnestly in this life, which is not wrong. It's not wrong. It's no. like, God, I really want to marry this person. Can you please make yeah, that happen? Yeah, I really want this to pray job. for daily bread. Yeah, daily bread. Is, yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that. But when God doesn't give that, we don't get frustrated and say, man, I didn't do it right. Or, yeah, the formula's off. Yeah, yeah. Or, or God's not listening to me for some reason. We just, we say, no, I trust that, you know, Romans 8 again, all things will work together for good. All yeah. things in the end will work together. So I love this uh, Tim Keller quote. I think we've said it at the church a few times, but he says that we can be sure our prayers are answered precisely in the way we would want them to be answered if we knew everything that God knows. Man, love, and I that. Think love that Presbyterian brother. He's given us <laughs> so much gold. Oh, man, yeah. And and I think that has kind of just floating up underneath it, this idea of future glory, you know, of, of future hope, yeah. that we know that God knows how he's working everything together for good. And so— And we don't. And we don't. And yeah. it's and that's it's not about this life. It's about what this life is leading to, which is the next. And, and anyone old enough and fall, uh, walking with Christ long enough oh, totally. can look back yeah. and— th- Thank the Lord for unanswered yeah. prayers, oh, right? I know I can. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of times where, why did I think that was what the right thing was? Why was <laughs> yeah. I praying so hard for that? Like, yeah. thank you, God, for not answering that prayer. Yeah. And to bring us back to James 4 that you mentioned earlier about you have not because you ask not, he goes on to say, you ask and don't have because you ask wrongly yeah, to according on to your, your own passions, passions. Yeah. because we're selfish. Right. Yeah. So we ask, we, we don't get what we want sometimes because we're like selfish little children. That's right. And, and as a parent, you're like, actually, I know better. Yeah. And I know you keep asking for candy, uh, you know, for, for breakfast. Right. But yeah. we're going to keep saying no. I'm going to give you the good thing. And yeah. then later you're going to be really glad. That and, and yeah, again, with the, the word of faith stuff, um, they, they just don't have a category for God saying no. Yeah. No. Or for, right? Or for suffering. No, least. for our good. Yeah. Or that suffering might yeah. be an answer to prayer. Right. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, I'm glad that that's, that's not us. I'm glad that it's not the, the God we believe in or this, the teaching that we're sitting yeah. under, you know, because yeah. this is this is the hope that we really need, yeah. that God is a good father that knows yeah. the end from the beginning that's and right. everything, even our answered prayers and the ones that seem unanswered are all about him bringing that, that good plan to fruition. Yeah. And John Piper said there of the one or two things that we're aware that God is doing, mm-hmm. there are 10,000 things Absolutely. that we are unaware of yeah, that so he is right. doing. That's so right. And that's probably, that number is probably too low. Yeah. So we just, yeah. we just have to have that perspective when we come to our prayers and it comes to unanswered yeah. prayers or yeah. delayed prayers or, or all, all of those things that uh, the Lord is working. Yeah. Um, and I want to talk about the prayerlessness just a little bit more. Mm. Uh, you mentioned it as as a means that God can even use our prayerlessness to 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 not to give us what we want what we need or not give us what we don't need, um, but as we've discussed all of this, the benefits of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a prayerless Christian just seems like an oxymoron, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It seems like spiritual suicide. Yeah. If 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 prayer is breathing, then we're basically holding our breath. Right. And and if you're if you're feeling if you're feeling like you're holding your breath. Then, then yeah. maybe you should uh, seek the Lord in prayer. Well, wait, I mean, imagine any of your children going even a day without asking for your help, right? I mean, that's just not, and and we forget that that's the role that we have in this relationship. We are the children, and we come mm. like little children. Jesus says yeah. that we. I think 
prayerlessness, and I see this in my own life when I have seasons where I'm not praying, it's really rooted in pride, pride yeah. and self-elevation. That I don't, Self-reliance. I don't think I'm a kid anymore. I think, I, I think I've think i graduated. You've got to handle it. Yeah, I, I've got control over this. I don't need God's help until something really bad happens, and then I'll, mm. you know, and that's that's wrong. Well, you know? this past year has really helped with with uh, that pride and self-reliance and and exposing that in my heart and I, and I think many others um, and just we don't we don't have control yeah uh, over right. hardly anything no. uh, so not even what tomorrow will bring mm-hmm. so um, so let's trust the one who does yeah. and pray to him and ask yep. Yep. for his help and ask for his mercy yeah yeah you know as we talked about the mystery of all of this um, it doesn't make me want to pray less when we talk about God's sovereignty and his good plans. It just makes me want to pray more. And yeah, I hope it does right. for, for you, and I hope it does for everyone that's listening. So thanks for listening to the Desert Springs Church Podcast. If you'd like more information about prayer, we could give you some good resources. Just ask uh, info at dscabq.com. Lord willing, we'll have another episode for you next week. Until then, on behalf of Drew Hodge, I'm Chase Jacobs. Let's keep spreading God's glory broader and deeper. Mm-hmm.